And welcome back to the Y Hockey Part 2 of our off-season review podcast. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast with Scouts and probably one of our better received episodes we've ever done. Uh, it was a, a hell of a show, Tommy. Um, we, we learned a lot. I like it when we bring people on the show which make us smarter. Absolutely. I feel like Will can go on ad nauseum about uh, the draft prospects it. and I never find it. Yeah, and never really touch on the same point twice. Uh, I think he does a really good job of uh, you know, having a depth of knowledge about prospects, about systems, about uh, methodology, and, you know, just a lot of, uh, you know, he does tracking, he does video work, so he can really talk about a lot, you know, that goes into everything he does. So uh, really it was a lot unsung, of fun. And we, unsung we, hero of this draft process, I would say. Yes, and I think unique. I mean, I know that there's a lot of people who do highlight videos on YouTube or even talk about it, and there's some people who even, like, play NHL 20 or you know whatever while they're talking about prospects um but i think will's the first person to put together uh you know highlight clips his own analysis his own tracking in a video format and uh you know that uniqueness kind of puts him at the front and then i think you know um he's also on trend with you know we were talking about draft brands there's a pretty popular uh, you know, favored uh, drafting style of, you know, hockey Twitter right now. And he is on trend with that and kind of in sync with that. So uh, I think that also leads to a lot of his success. Um, I think and people just well want to deserved. know more about this process because it's it's hard to know about it. You know, this isn't like the NFL and the NBA drafts where you see these prospects and you can watch them play. It's not hard. In the NHL, you, you, nobody's watching Canadian Junior religiously if you're not Jeff Merrick, or you're going to be watching, you know, the Finnish leagues and, you know, stuff like that. Like, that's not, yeah, what, that's not what you do in hockey. So It's somewhat a bit of an access thing because, you know, while you can watch Finnish or Swedish juniors, you usually have to pay or be willing to go and get an illegal feed. Uh, and, you know, with Canadian or... You know, it's just about willing to go put in the time to find out where and how to watch these games and then to watch them live in those time zones or figure out a way to watch them after the fact. Uh, it's That's really the the big hurdle for a lot of people. And I just don't – people just don't have the time to do that with all of the guys yeah. as he does. And he's already working on 2021. Again, the more yeah. we have – in this space, the better, because we're still, I think the NHL draft space I, is still emerging, and a lot of people just got sick, I guess, of the draft analysis that came before, and so now that we have this democratization of the process, you have a lot more people doing it, and, YouTube, that, and that's better. Patreon, tracking, you know, uh, those types of, you Discord know. Discord servers, yeah, that stuff Yeah, is, th that has really propelled this, you know, f online forums, you know, in the beginning, you know. I hate to say it, but HF boards and stuff like that really, you know, started, you know, all those digital guides that people use can pop out for $5 or $15 uh, that, you know, they get enough sales to, uh, you know, increase their scouting yeah, budget I, for I, the like, next I, year. I, I only go back to the draft, like maybe like 10 years. But when you think about, like, again, it was like the TSN lists or the hockey news, right? Like those were the and entry, NHL Central Scouting. But that was kind of it, and you went on that, as opposed to now you've got 
multiple yeah. people covering it at the athletic you've got yeah. espn's got a guy you've got will you've got a bunch of other folks doing draft stuff and yeah we're, yeah and just I mean, like Stamkos to now is is a huge huge leap forward in technology in popularity in um you know people like me doing it uh, just as like a hobbyist um and really standing on the shoulders of you know, people like Will and people at Dauber Prospects or, uh, you know, people who have just are on Twitter and have like a specialty, like they just do like the CHL or they just do like the Finnish yeah, Junior Finnish, League yeah, sweet. There's and guys stuff. There's Finland and Sweden. Yeah, and, and then there's all those big outlets like McKean's or ISS or, you know, and yeah, I mean, it's like all it's that. Better. I think the NHL, we talked about it before, the NHL's got to embrace the fact that their draft is really fun. You know, that like before the NFL did it, they were the only draft that took the draft on the road to different ranks. And you got these people involved like the NHL has a really good product with the draft and they just got to blare it out more. They got to make it more fun uh, and more accessible because I think you do that. A lot of the reason why people, you know, the NBA and the NHL are so popular is, uh, well, the NBA and the NFL, I should say, just because the draft is so popular. And there's a huge market for people covering these prospects. And, it, and I'm glad the NHL is starting to get there. And I hope that it can continue to get there. Uh, so, again, follow Will. We're going to have him on the show in the future. No doubt about it. We're truly one of the nicest people I've, we've had on this show. And we've had some great folks on. So that was the draft. You can listen to that show. Uh, this show is about free agency and trades and other moves that were made. Uh, a very weird time, of course. I, I, I did, I, I did want to jump in with... One last draft thing. Uh, I didn't get to say it, but one of the things I, I did like about their their third round pick, Ty Schmalanek, is he's going to Quinnipiac next year, and that Quinnipiac is one of my little Finnish defensemen. I like Ovali Rasinen, and uh, he's still undrafted. He could be an undrafted signee or somebody that they, uh, you know, down the line for Florida that they're going to be there scouting uh, Ty for the next probably two two maybe three years at quinnipiac um so decent decent broadcast that's a little plus for me decent broadcasting school at quinnipiac i will say yeah De decent, decent broadcasting and school. physical therapy i believe mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah you know okay. you know not terrible uh, out there down athletic there in, in training and that kind of stuff not uh, too bad out there in connecticut so this is going to be our free agency recap around the league for, for focus primarily on the panthers of course but a lot of other things to talk about very interesting free agency period, of course, considering it's COVID, there's a flat cap. And th this free agency period, I would have to say, is one of the weirder ones we've seen for those obvious reasons. And, uh, again, we finally got one of the big signings with Petrangelo. We'll get to that. But in the case of the Panthers and Bill Zito trying to make his mark on the team, you kind of knew that there was going to be nothing major because there was really no reason for him to go major. At this point, he's trying to figure out what he has still. But from what he did, I really like a lot of what he did. And I think a lot of these are very reasonable, very little or no risk gambles that he took. And as he said, and we'll get into this, the team is better than it was before free agency. I don't think there's any doubt about that. How much better? We don't know the answer to that question. But I think when you're talking about building what, what Bill Zito wants the Panthers to be, he got off to a pretty good start in doing so. But there is still, of course, a lot more to do. I would say I feel a lot of the heavy lifting is still left to be done, but I, I don't want to hold that as a negative. I, you know, those the big pieces, the 2C and the top four left-handed defensemen, if it wasn't going to be, uh, you know, the two 
bigger names like Hall or Petroandro, which, you know, it's not because Hall's not a center. They're, they weren't really in on Petroandro. So, uh, you know, it wasn't going to be Krug or anything. It was going to take some time. It's going to have to come through trade, which might mean that everything has to, the dust has to settle on free agency and maybe even the start of training camp and stuff before Zito can convince other GMs to part with certain um, defensemen and centers, or it's going to have to take play out in arbitration. RFAs that don't get signed or, you know, are heading to arbitration uh, and teams kind of fear it's going to go the wrong way and don't want to get locked into having to walk away. So they move that player. Uh, maybe a guy like Val Maki uh, in, in Calgary or, or something like that. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to hold it as a negative, but, Wenberg, I really liked as a signing. Hinnestroza was all right. I, I, I think I would have preferred Walmart because it's the same price, and I think it would have been the same usage. I think for Hagee's okay. I don't want to. I think he's kind of maybe being overhyped by some of the fan base. I was really surprised about the Lomberg thing. I don't. I guess it's a one way, and if he doesn't make the team out of camp, you can stash him down in the AHL and it's fine. But once he comes back up, there's waivers and uh, you know, I don't think he's going to, anyone's going to pick him. I don't know. I don't really know if he's good. So that it was just a very confusing pick. I think, um, new to new was a good trade. I really like that, but it's offset by then Gudis, who I think plays defense the right way, but takes a lot of penalties is out of the lineup a lot with suspensions and, uh, even some injuries uh, concerns and stuff too. We'll uh, although them individually, um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this... it's just a again, just to wrap it up. Like it's it's a mixed bag. I think you know it's kind of like the draft. It's good enough. I think the team is better, but I think there's still a lot of work, and there necessarily is some better guys that they could be getting that they aren't getting right now. So let's, I want to go into them individually uh, and then we'll go into the bigger picture. Cause there is still a lot of stuff that has to be done, especially, I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday and Dadenoff and Hoffman still haven't been signed yet. And neither is Anthony Duclair. So there's still a lot of stuff that is in the air at this point. Uh, we'll, we'll go with what my overall thought was a lot of these moves are including you include Hornquist in it too, have either a minimum of risk or no risk. So what I mean by that is when you look at the moves that they've made, either they're one-year deals for guys who didn't get qualified as restricted free agents or, in the case of Wenberg, got bought out. These are players that either Bill Zito knows from Columbus, in the case of Nudivara and Wenberg, so he knows exactly what he's getting out of them. In the case of Henestroza, Quenville knows him because he played for him in Chicago. And if they don't work out, then you walk away. No one cares. And if they do work out, you just took a no-risk bet and you're happy and you can figure out what happens then. When you talk about the biggest risk, I mean, maybe it's Gudis at three years, but even then, that's like, if that's a contract you have to get out of, thinking next season if we get to somewhat normal, like, you can get out of that contract. That's not impossible to get out of. And also, it's a contract that maybe the Seattle Easter Eggs take in the expansion draft. You know, like, there are a lot of things that could happen in these particular areas. And we'll talk about the expansion draft later because I think it's really key, um, considering what happened three years ago and what could happen with the next one, which is a thing that you have to start thinking about now because it happens at the end of next season. Um, I think yeah. that 
a lot of these moves, again, if they don't work out, there's no penalty. And if they do work out, you just took a low-risk gamble and it paid off. And the Panthers I, in free agency didn't really do I, a lot I, of that in the past. I, I get that, but I, I don't think they're that low risk. I mean, you have three years of Rocco Gudis at $2.5 million. I mean, any way you want to slice it, that's a sizable chunk of money to a guy that you may or may not need or want. I mean, like, they didn't really – I don't think that's what they needed or wanted or should have got. As much as I'm okay with Gudis compared to most people's feelings on Gudis, well, I'd imagine. And also consider uh, what but, Florida had before. But, uh, yeah, but we got to stop using that as a bar of judging. I know. Uh, but we say that, we've been saying that for 10 years, and so, like, we got to stop reflexively doing that. You know, it's a it's an okay move, but there is risk. I mean, that is in that third year, that's when they have to sign Barkov. So that's two and a half million dollars that they're either gonna so they're gonna have to buy out Gudis or or do a cap dump of Gudis or something, or hope they can LTIR him or something if they need that money with Barkov. Uh, and I would I'd, I'd I'd prefer them to kind of be walking the line with the cap because that means they're competing at that point in time still. So, you know, that, and then and then Lomberg kind of backs that up of what the heck are they going for? Is Like, this looks like a new age Haley. He's like the same size and like maybe he's got a little more skill, but. I'll talk about that move in a second. I want to start, start with Gudis because if there's any sign of what Bill Zito was talking about, you know, I want to make this team tougher to play against, which means, again, we're not trading for Erica Branson again, which the Senators did, which was hilarious. Uh, but when I talk about Gudis, like everyone thought for the longest time, like this dude's going to Toronto. His numbers are not terrible. He could play hockey, but he is tougher to play against. He can lay a big hit. It's different than what Toronto had. Everybody thought Radko Gudis was going to the Leafs forever. And then he goes to Florida. Now I'm going to be biased and say that when the Panthers made this signing, I'm coming off watching Tottenham play uh, Manchester United and Tottenham has a player named Eric Lamella, who is the king of uh, shithousery. Uh, getting Anthony Martial sent off because he was uh, jostling. Well, look that up if you if you want to see what I'm talking about. So I have a soft spot in my heart for players like that, particularly since I just came off of what Eric Lamella is doing. So I'm considering Radko Gudis a little Eric Lamella-like. Now, Eric Lamella is a walking yellow card, and he's going to do dumb things, but the, uh, t- the pushing the line a little bit is something that, if you do it well, you can get a lot of benefit out of it, and Radko Gudis could do that. Now, he had a bad year last year in... Washington, and there's worries about whether he's on the decline, and we're going to find out he is. if he's on the he decline. He is. I can. I mean, I've I've seen. I saw him in Philadelphia on the decline. I and then I've watched enough Washington since then to see him continue that decline. I don't like he hold he treads water enough at times and everything. But again, what if Flor if Zito really wanted to do this, I think there is a lot more better risk reward players than Racco Gudis. I can't really name off the top of my head, but I feel like just going out and getting it, you know, a younger defenseman that maybe can do this is better or somebody you're, that you're you don't have to commit three years to. You're talking I mean, maybe like a you're you're thinking like like Troy Stetcher or John Merrill or somebody like that, I think is more of what you're thinking of. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean that that makes a lot of more sense. And and I don't understand you already got Nudavara, who's a right D. You got Strawman. You got Ekblad, who's a right D. I mean, they—they they were. I don't. 
if, if you already have so much money tied up in your D and you still need to bring in a better defenseman. This like is they're true. still so where I don't understand why they're adding on there. Uh, you know, well, like need, the Hinnestro, they, they, they need to at some point. So yeah, so I mean, like the there's, I Florida's. If that is the most questionable of all the signings, and... I don't want to keep doing this comparative game. Is that if that if you know, like we there's still a lot of things left to be to be signed and everything, but the defense is supposed to be getting better. They brought in Nudavara and lost lost Matheson. That's that's a plus. Mm-hmm. They brought in Gudis, who's who's a question mark. And lost Jack uh, Brown. They're thinking about trading Wegar, who would which would then, if is possible, or if happens, I should say, would then the defense would be worse than last year. That is correct. That is so. Correct. Then so then what? It, so again, I don't understand how I should be happy that they're signing Rakugudis to three years at two and a half million dollars, and until Wegar is signed with the current trade rumors and arbitration. Uh, with him filing for arbitration, uh, I until he signs, I'm thinking he's gone. So right now, the defense is worse. I I will we'll talk about Uyghur later. I want to get to so the that's other not free agents. so it, it, it is know. a little it is it is again it and, is a picture that looks incomplete. But I I have to also wonder a couple of things about the D, which we'll get to. I want to talk about some of the forwards that they added briefly. Um, there's going to be no Alex Wenberg slander on this podcast, or at least. Probably not Alexander Wenberg's Alexander on this podcast. And the reason why it has nothing to do with hockey, sir, please give me one moment. As people know, I'm openly bisexual. And Alexander Wenberg is one of the most beautiful men that plays hockey. The Florida Panthers in the recent years have been actually not a very good looking team. I've only had Aaron Eckblad to look at. And that's just, it's just not good enough. So I appreciate Bill Zito deciding to sign one of the best looking players in the league. If you saw the pictures from his uh, Zoom... And he's missing a tooth, and he still looks impossibly good. Um, yeah, so that's a great positive for me, at the very least. So as long as I get to look at him, uh, I'll be very happy. And if he ends up turning out to be a very good hockey player, even better, because then I get to look at him more. So I'm sorry, that has nothing to do with actually how he plays on the ice, but I had to mention that, and I apologize. He he, he definitely does bedhead better than Connolly. Uh, um, that's for sure. Yes, by about uh, a thousand percent. I, I I like the Winberg move. I think he's got a potential to be a good third line center, and to re, and and a, he plays well defensively. I think he is a good playmaker, and he has the potential to be you know thirty assists, thirty plus assists if he can get back on track. And I think if you pair him with a guy like Alexi Sorella, uh, you know that's a good passer. That's a good shooter combo uh i think you can make work on the third line Even somebody like denisenko could work in that particular instance perhaps owen owen tippett too you've got a playmaking center you know that that could be real real fun to watch and i think i think wenberg's a great wild card because yeah this is one of those like when i talk about no risk like this is kind of really no risk but because- my my issue is it's a one-year deal so if he benefits like let's just say he turns it around in a year like he does really well, he hits thirty-five assists or something. You're not re-signing him again. Some other teams signing him to a three or four-year deal and getting the rejuvenated Alex Wenberg. Potentially, uh, potentially. I well, he's a UFA he's... now, so he's going to well, he be. Was a UFA have... when they signed him, and also. Well, he's there, there well, is after a... after the year he's going to be a UFA because yes. So you know, and he's got the buyout money, so he's going to be. 
So if, you know, Florida, let's say Florida looks okay, but, you know, Colorado Avalanche offer him a couple three, like a three-year deal well, or, you know, a bigger hockey yeah, market. Because next year they're going to have a lightning kind of. Well, like, I mean, you know, roster, I, let's, I, yeah, I yeah you know, I'm, I'm talking, you know, in g- generic generalities here, but. You know, I would have liked to seen a, a longer deal, and I don't know if Wenberg didn't want to commit as long to Florida, and you know that's obviously Florida's fault and not Zito's fault. But uh, you know, I think it's probably he wants a prove it. Given, deal. I think a lot yeah. of players want prove it deals, considering this is COVID and getting a long term deal is not really feasible. But at, at but this at point. The, I thought he got more than I had expected after the buyout. I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't think he'd get over two two million. I think that's not that it, he got not that it was too much for me. I would have gone, I, you know, I would have even done two five or whatever, two seven five to get to get him to sign. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I'm not. But you know, at the end of the day, right now he's penciled in as the two C, and that's not good. No, so it, it, I, I will that say that C, that... it really depends on his line mates and if he can get it going again. You know, I don't know, if, but they have Henestroza. I don't know where they have Verhagen to play center. I I don't know who's going to play center at this point, but that's, I think, a training camp thing to decide on. Absolutely. I just like that they have a lot of guys who can play center in the bottom six, but the problem is they have one guy who can play in the top six as center next year because Lundell is ineligible. And, Lundell's uh, not going to play. And, and well, he's ineligible anyway because the the problem with the draft st- happening after the Liga starts because of the the international agreement. Oh yeah, they're all they're all ineligible. I, I, which is I why a player like Rossi didn't go over to Switzerland until after he found out what team drafted him. Because if the team that drafted him, like the Wild, wanted him to show up at training camp. You know, he had to wait. And that's why Denisenko is not playing in Russia right now because he's waiting to see what happens with this season. Um, I think the thing that with with uh, that Bill Zito said about um, Lindell is that after March 30th, when the league season ends, they'll they'll revisit it. So I think that depending on when the season starts, I mean, you heard January 1, you're hearing January 15, a lot of different dates. It's a possibility that the season's still going on at that point, so Lindell could come over and. Even if he burns a level of his en- a year of his entry level, who cares? Because he would still be expansion draft protected. So, like that's a possibility for later in the season. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I, I, you're hoping he's your trade deadline pickup, pretty you know, much, or, or one of them. That, and and yeah. I think that that could make sense. So I like. Obviously, I like the Wenberg signing because he's hot as hell. And uh, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I, mean, I, have to say I can't. That. I can't disagree with you. But I. I I, I, Listen, I think if I don't want to. If you're in my shoes and you only have Aaron Eckblad to look at and be like, "Well, dang." Yeah, yeah. Comparatively, I mean, he's super you hot, but I would I would say he's like grocery store hot or like no, uh, no, outlet no. hot. Like if oh, you're out no, shopping, no, 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 no. no he's sir. like really good looking for sir. there. But like he's sir. not like a Lundquist. He's not like a. No, sir. I have to I have to disagree with you here because okay. I am the carrying member of the LGBTQ plus community and I have uh, multiple people. Who are with me? Who are uh, out, folks? I, I mean, I don't who agree I don't, with me on this. I don't disagree with you. I just, you know. No, but I'm taking. I appreciate he and is another, uh, he is another level. He, I, I heard people mentioning him to me when I went through my brain of like, who's a good-looking hockey player, like legit, like rises above, and uh, one of the first names is Wenberg. So I, I'm sorry. This is this is 
it's such a great signing for that reason, and then he's also a good hockey player. So congratulations, Alex Wenberg. I will stand you as uh, only as only the gays can stand. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm sure Vinny Hinnestros is going to get a lot of uh, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I, I could imagine that. Well, as I said, the Vinny quotient only was down yeah. for a very short period of time. Yeah. I would talk about. I, I wish it was the other Vinny, but I, I know. I, but also, I mean, yes, we saw yes. what happened with Trocheck yes. and Carolina. The rumors that they wanted to trade him, so that tells you something. Uh, I want to talk about Hinnestros and Verhage just a little bit because I, I, I think that when I look at both of them, I think Verhage got legit a little overhyped because, I mean, he played on the Lightning. But one of the things that Bill Zito said, and it makes sense when you look at getting these players, who are players that were getting blocked in the lineup in their previous locations? Who was not getting an opportunity that now gets an opportunity in Florida to take another step? Verhage's definitely one of them, and I have no problem because, again, he's a good bottom six player. He has a little scoring touch. And he was a little part of that, you know, that lightning bottom six that really stepped up in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I don't know what he may, maybe he's a 30 to 40 point guy. But if you're getting that for a mill a year on a complete flyer, then that's great. And Hinnestroza had pretty good on ice results, had the worst scoring luck of just about anybody. And that was like coyote related. So you're betting <laughs> on possibility of playing him here and saying, oh, his scoring results could naturally regress and you get a little something out of him. He could play in all positions. And also, the thing that Bill Zito did that I like is that he took bets on players who he knows or the coach knows. He knows what Nudivar is going to give him. He knows everything about Marcus Nudivar. He knows everything about Alexander Wenberg. And Joel Quenville knows everything there is to know about Henestroza. So there is very little that could be surprising. And in a season that's probably going to be pretty short and who knows what practice times are going to look like, you might as well have, um, you know, players who, for lack of a better term, you know, dance with the devil, you know. And I think that's why I like these signings, because these players are not going to be total surprises. Like, wow, we didn't expect that. It's not like signing Brett Connolly, for instance. Like, that's why, I, again, low bar, but I'm talking about, like, that's why these signings make particular sense in this instance uh, of the offseason we're talking about. Speaking of Brett Connolly, if I'm Frank Vitrano, I get very worried about my training camp performance and the shape I'm in I right think now. He's a very, if they're talking about players that are most likely to be traded, I think Vitrano is somebody that. Yeah, can get because traded. I think Connolly's going to be harder to move than Vitrano. Vitrano's impossible to move. I think you're not going to be able to move that. And you know, well, at least not this year. We might have to wait till there's two or one year left on that deal. Again, it's um, also an expansion draft thing. Like, the Panthers may yeah. really not have to worry about protecting him. They might not care. And if they lose him, the better off for it. Yeah. I, I think, but Vitrano is somebody that's on a decent enough ticket where I think, like, if you're a team like, you know, maybe the Red Wings or somebody who just needs a forward, like. I wouldn't be surprised if Boston would take him back. Boston, or... could, it depends on, like, where Hoffman goes, where Dadnoff goes, things yeah. like that. Like, I think Vitrano could easily be moved. And that's fine because then that gives Tippett and Dennis Hank going. But again, they have, play. they have 10 forwards signed now. Uh, they have Sorella. They and have Den Tippett, Tippett and Dennis Hanko. So but how many of – so you're thinking, okay, well, hopefully this means that Tippett and Dennis Hanko are playing in the top six. Or it, hopefully, it if they if if they don't re-sign uh, that, and I still think they could re-sign Dadnoff. It, it it's starting to look like that could be more of a possibility. And, but even and then, it's a possibility that Duclair is and Duclair is the other one too. Yes. Yeah. So one or two of them could be brought in. I'm I'm gonna go uh, with based on the cap and based on how this looks for Florida. I'm gonna go with only one. But I, I think, think that they need in. to 
start sh i mean i know there's a backlog and everything but i think that they have to shake loose some more money i think Sh strawman and vetrano are looking if they can move the strawman deal i think they can i mean i think that's there there's enough rumors around strawman to buffalo and that i think you could i i the problem is getting him to wave his thing to if go to they buffalo move strawman to buffalo and even if that means you have to give up a pick or a prospect to do it then bill zito might be gm of the year because, like, if you're getting, you got, they got rid of Matheson, which I thought was going to be very difficult, and they did it, and they got cap space and got rid of Colton Sevier as well in the deal, and it worked out really nicely. If they get rid of Strawman, then you're talking something really, really good happening. Now, again, I don't and know whether that's going to happen. You get through the year, and then I think next offseason, Yandel's movable, and, 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 and then you got a stew guy. About, and then and you, you, you think about, um, but again, back to the point, just briefly on, on Hinnestroza and Verhage. Like, again, I, I don't mind taking these bets in the bottom six. And again, they're only, you know, they're one mil each again. And also if by ha like, again, if, if the Panthers lost, like, well, actually with the expansion draft projects and the fact that, you know, you, because of nine, three or eight skaters, um, you might end up having, you might end up seeing like, oh, that we could protect Verhage and we don't care because somebody like Tippin and Dennis Aker are on entry level. So we don't have to worry about losing them. You know, like right. th that's the other thing, like why right. I think good, th that's why another reason why I like these signings, because not only are they low risk, they're basically expansion draft proof. My, my question is though, right now you have two top six players under contract under control i mean because you can't say denisenko tippet are truly top six they're not players. top six yet that is correct i would say hornquist probably isn't a top six player anymore and that then you're at Connolly, vetrano wenberg i don't think they're top six so i, think, I mean who's i think if wenberg reaches his potential he could be top six but that's a that's I, a bet I, that, that is not that is not i a mean likely that bet. that is a huge issue that i mean Again, we're talking January, and it's uh, middle of October, so they have some time. But, mm -hmm. again, it's not like they can just go out and get these players. They have to give something up to get them. They have to find a willing partner. That's why I kept thinking Tippett, one of so, Tippett or was possibly movable. And I still think that is a, a possibility. But we have to see where this goes. Because, also, I heard him mentioning um, – it's like 90% of the usable cap space in the league is already being used. I think it was cap friendly. that tweeted that out. That's before LTIR. And there are going to be a bunch of players that go on LTIR to start the season. Um, but when you think about who's got cap space that um, can afford to, you know, absorb some of these moves, you know, you're talking about Ottawa, but they still got a lot of players that they need to resign. And the thing is, I was thinking Strowman to Ottawa was a possibility, but then they added players like at Branson and Brown, and they've also got guys in, in the minors, so they're going to be fine on D. Detroit probably could take on a defenseman contract, but, I, again, like, who, we'll have to see in that. New Jersey could possibly – New Jersey might be the other place for Vetrano, I think, could end up being – because they just don't have forwards. So I'm thinking New Jersey could be a place. Um, the Rangers, you might also be able to get them to trade for a defenseman because their defense core um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Stinks. It is awful. Now, it might not be strong because they already played there, but – we shall see. Um, Columbus, uh, no. L.A. might be another one. L.A. and Buffalo could be the other two places. We'll have to see. But they're in a lot of places where you can move cap. And that's just below what Florida has already committed. 
Um, but uh, but other than but other than that, like I don't think that any of those moves of Verhage and, and Hinnestros are, are bad risks to take. I know that you like Walmart. I wasn't a huge fan of his, but, and I, I I thought that it was he ended up signing for 50k less in Chicago. I I I, I don't mind signing Hinnestros over him, considering the connection with Quenville. I don't think I think I think they needed a I think they needed to diversify their player pool in their bottom six. I think Verhage, Hinestroza, Achari, uh, those are very similar types of centers, wingers, bottom six guys that uh, I think Walmart plays a little more calm, a little more uh, anchored game. And it just offers just a little something else. But you also and have still... the opportunity to basically see somebody like, as you said, Sarlo, or maybe Luo Starnin is somebody who ends up coming up and plays well. Like, you have those guys, perhaps in reserve, that could end up winning a battle in training camp, too. So, Well, I mean, I think right now, I mean, there's no way Sarlo is not on this no, 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 no. I, right I think Sarla is, but, is almost penciled in at this point, and and Sarla would be great. But I mean, there's I just really... yeah, there's like right now, I'm extremely worried about who's going to be playing forward on this team. Like they're I, deep, especially... like, and that's a problem because their defense isn't that much better either. I mean, like they're like when we talk about in progress, we're talking about really in progress, like. Oh, it's of course. I'm not, I'm not saying, to go. and I agree with you, that this is not like, done yet. I'm worried about getting to 90 points here. This is I, I think tough. I think that, it, it again, because there's a lot more offseason to go and nothing that, as it looks now, is, is going to continue, like, there's a, there are more moves to be made. If the Panthers re-sign Dadnoff, which I still think is most likely, would you consider him a top six? I would consider him a top six forward. And I, I w- would you think, if, if the Panthers re-sign Dadnoff and re-sign Uyghur, and they go into this offseason to next year before a, a trade for 2C or, four, or top 4D, like, would you feel a little bit more confident if that was how it looked? Because I still think well, that – I mean, I don't, want, I don't want to get – I just want to focus on – right now I'm focused on 2C. It's 2C mm-hmm. and bringing back in – and bringing back Dadenoff or getting Duclair to, to sign a piece of paper – yeah. Those those are the two things I'm worried about doing right now. And until that, I mean, it, nothing matters. If they don't have a two, if they don't have a two C, then everybody should just really pay attention to my draft work for 2021 because there's going to so be a you, lot of. So what would you th- the other player that's out there right now that is not been signed is is Grant Michael Grandland. Now he is a center. He's, uh, he's a winger. He's, I mean, that's well, a, he's, it's basically a Trocheck. You're basically getting a Trocheck replacement You because there's nothing else. And I don't know I'm if I'm just that, trying to think about what kind of move. Like, I mean, I'm like, not against it because I like the player enough. Now, the, other, the only other thing that I could see happening, and I don't know if Bill Zito would do this because of the cap reasons, is Tyler Johnson. He's definitely available. And the I mean, I'm hit, for it. I mean, I think the cap that hit sucks, and I don't know what you'd have to get Tampa to take back to make that work. Well, I think that they have to. They have to. They should have daily you know conversations who, with Edmonton. You know, you know who I think. You know who. You know what I think. Bill Zito should be looking into Mikhail Sergachev. Like, because you well, know Tampa's screwed with the cap. Again, you know I think that they can. The they can make. They can get to the playoffs and maybe get to the trade deadline and pick up a defender that's like having a really good year that'll be cheap and just cost a pick to fix the D for the rest of the year. I think that's easier to make do with a D core. I think 
Matheson out, Navarro in is is good enough that I they can they can band aid it and massage it into limping into the playoffs this year. I think that they should throw make sure that they they have what like eleven million in cap space that has to go between into the top six. That just has to. So I. I would be talking. I would five three six million, and that is with no with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Do you think Edmonton's getting rid of him at this point? Because I don't. Well, make it interesting. Make it worth their offer. Make it worth their while. I mean, what do they? They need players. They need a lot of stuff too. They have a certain cap issue that they. You know, you guys can. It's basically I'll rub your back, you rub my back type of thing. Uh, you know, you. I don't think that Nugent Hopkins would be a, a, adverse to that change of scenery. And I, if they I, can't get a contract it, done, which I don't know, they're you know they're talking right now uh, on an extension. But you know that that's the best time to start making that trade offer and hope that Edmonton, you know, you get into Edmonton's head and Edmonton, you know, tries to galaxy brain it. They they sour the <laughs> negotiations with R&H, blah, 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 and then they have to trade them. I don't you know? think, I, I think that, but what I do think You is, have to uh, shake loose the 2C somehow. And you can't, you know, it can't be a Wenberg 2C. It can't, it has to be a NHL 2C. I think that, I, I, I agree with you, but like I see that Sergachev thing. And I think to myself, boy, that that's got potential because you know they're screwed with the cap, but, and they got. But, also, what about that other center that plays for the Lightning? Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine. I'd be. I'd rather do Sorelli, Sorelli, than like if they could. If they could do because Sorelli, he'd be that cheaper. Be he'd, like, but, I mean, I think you'd have to go. I don't think. I don't think. Sergeyev's agent would let him sign an offer sheet that isn't in the four first-round picks. I'm not even. I'm not even talking about offer sheets because I don't think offer sheets make sense in this particular instance where nobody so, has money. So, I'm right. talking about a trade. Like, yeah, I mean, need, you need I would. I would go after the center then. Like I, and I, I think, think you go tip. You go tip it in the pick or something. What uh, I, I again, if they could trade for Anthony Sorelli, which again, like that'd be hard to do. Because I don't know about I don't know what Julian Breesbaugh would think of that. But if you could trade for Sorelli, you're cooking with gas. But that's going to be a really tough thing to pull off. I, I think I you I think you'd could. have to do it by an offer sheet. I'm fine with it, and I would. I think you can. I think it's like six and change, and it's like a first, second, and third, and I would do that for Sorelli. For Sorelli, I think you could. I I don't know if we're seeing. Because I think they would have. I think they would have to walk away, or they'd have to try to work out a trade with you, because I don't think that they could. Like if they, can't get rid of, if they can't get rid of Tyler Johnson and they can't get rid of Tyler Johnson, um, I mean that's that's the thing. Like I I, I, I would think if you're Bill Zito, I mean I, I I just think the threat of an offer sheet is probably enough to get a trade done. You know, like that's the thing. Because then like if the Lightning match it, then they're like super duper screwed. So like that's what I'm saying. Like even the threat of an offer sheet might work, and even six million is probably too high for Sorelli anyway. So. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you gotta you gotta tighten the screws a little bit, and I think they can. So, I, I as I said, look to the Panthers and the Lightning. That might be a thing that starts to move the needle, and it's much more realistic uh, than a Nikita Kucherov offer sheet. Yeah. Far more realistic than that. Um, other, just another couple, other couple of things I think, just Panthers-wise, we should mention. 
Jeff um, Carter, does he interest you? Two years nah, left at too, five, five point two though, and he he would be a solid. He'd he'd be a solid. But now, I mean, if, given if what's are, on the now, market if are, now, if you are in, I mean, I don't know why the, I, I don't think the Kings necessarily need to do that. Although it might behoove them to. Um, if you are talking about just a, we are transitioning to Anton Lindell. Like that would be well, a perfect. That's what you. I think that's tradition. what you're doing. You ha- you're bridging the gap for Lindell at two C, and that means you just you need to get somebody that can put in sixty some points and be a good two and be a and be eighteen to twenty minutes when needed until Lindell can be that. And he did. He had twenty seven points gonna, in sixty games. It's last so year. hard to get a center. You you basically just have to find a center you like with a contract. And you know, you know all that that you're comfortable with, and then just pull the trigger on them. Because you know, you I thought Stastny was one of those guys that would be decent because it's a one-year contract. You can get out of it at the deadline if you need to, and I think he would have been good enough. And he he obviously can play at a high enough level. Uh, you know, he's played at that recently mm-hmm. to. Okay, so I, I, I could see fair. that, but I'm trying to think of other players who might be available. I can't think of many. I mean, and then I think if you really want to get a D, I think the best way to about go about doing that is flipping a Borgstrom for a defenseman in that type of spot, like maybe a Jake Bean, somebody who's stuck behind a bunch of defenders. Well, well, I mean, I know that the men, we'll talk about Uyghur in a second, but I know Jack, Jack Rosselick is not necessarily a center. I don't know. I mean, like that. I yeah, mean, that trade, again, that, that, that trade's for not going to happen. Too, he's too three C as a center. You know, like you need to. If you need, I would rather do it a guy like a Matheson or a guy like a Borgstrom who is more of a question mark. But if they make it, they're that top four, top six oh, play. Because okay. okay. I think that's the that's what you're gonna. Because you don't have the assets, the resources to give to get these really good players. You know, you're gonna have to take some damaged goods. And I so, think that's okay. Let's let's go over this this Uyghur thing very briefly. His name is definitely involved in trade rumors. Oh we god, that. that is annoying. I I mean, everybody thinks Uyghur's the second coming of Christ once he got linked to Toronto, which was hilarious. Uh, and people trying to rationalize Mackenzie Uyghur, who have clearly never watched him play. That was a funny moment on Twitter. All the funny moments is Leafs Twitter trying to figure out who Mackenzie Uyghur is, and I'm just sitting there like, I'm not gonna wade into this because I don't think we should do that. But, um, I mean, if anybody knows who Mackenzie Weger is and what he is as a hockey player, it's us. Like, his biggest fans are on this show. Um, now, the, all of the trade – like, I got people telling me on Saturday they thought that the trade was going to happen. And then, then the Leafs signed TJ Brody and Zach Bogosian, and that door seems to be shut. You know, you have the Jets Damn. who are linked to him. That door seems to be shut. Colorado traded for Devon Taves. That door seems to be shut. Like, the only other player I can th- – the only other team I could see that would make sense – Right now, that he even has the space to pull it off would be Boston, but they don't have centers. So, I mean, like, the, the, the player that could end up being working in that was Jake DeBrusque, but I'm not sure that that's something you'd want to do. No, I, no, God, no. But I don't think that's even a thing that could happen. Well, so, I mean, like, I think I think Winnipeg still, uh, if Uyghur would move, I think it's Winnipeg is the team that you pull it off, and I think it would have to be part of a bigger trade deal to get Line A, or it would be... Hainola is the guy you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, because I don't want any of their other Anaheim D and was stuff. Another, but like, it, well, again, Anaheim that would be cap, Anaheim does not have cap space at this point. But moving moving Uyghur for Hanola is basically Zito saying we're not making the playoffs this year because there's no. 
I don't think that he wants to make that move. Right. That's why I'm saying it doesn't happen. Now, the other team that that Elliot Friedman mentioned was Anaheim. Now, they signed Shattenkirk, so it would be really hard to move that off. Um, I'm trying to think of the centers that they have, and uh, yikes. Well, I mean, you could get a guy like Isaac Lundestrom. Uh, yeah, that could but be. But again, that, it's not It wouldn't not be an outrage. It's not a 2C answer. Or, the, 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 the trades that were linked uh, with Colorado was Tyson Jost, and that obviously didn't happen. That's a bottom they got, six center. They got, they got Devontae's for two seconds, so they ended up trading out. Um, they got a better deal, even though I think Weaker's a better defenseman. With the Leafs, it would have been Dermott and Johnson, which is what I thought a Uyghur to Toronto trade would have looked like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who like Dermot and everything, and he's good I don't at. Think Dermot would have been an upgrade on Uyghur, but he would have been a good defenseman, and Janssen yeah. would have been a borderline top six forward, not a center, yeah. but a borderline top yeah. six forward. But again, it would be the Panthers would not materially improve their position, so I'm happy they did that didn't work yeah, out. That whether doesn't look like it's going to happen because again, I just don't know where the Leafs well, are and cap gone. space to get that move. Well, Janssen's gone, but also then I don't know where the Leafs are getting their cap space to make that move. So, I mean, like, I don't know what Dermot resigns yeah. for. I, I just don't see how that move makes sense. Like, the more and more that this goes on, the less and less likely Uyghur is getting traded because the just the destinations close I, down I, quickly. I mean, That's if how he, I think if, it has. If Uyghur just wants $3 million, I don't know why this isn't getting done. I mean, obviously, you just give him $3 million or close to $3 million or I don't know what the deal is, but... I. I don't know what the ask is. I, I don't, I'm not surprised he filed for ARB. We'll see where this goes. I don't think this, I honestly think that this is going to get I, done sooner rather than later. Yeah. And, and my problem is I think that there's like, just sign them and put it like, just, you need to focus on getting this defense better and getting this top six better, blah, blah, blah. Stop wasting time dragging out with Uyghur and, you know, are you going to trade Uyghur or are you, are you not? I mean, unless there is a real fish in the water in Winnipeg and you're going to get a, a solid player um, like Lane out of it, you know, there's... Big, in a big deal. Eh, yeah, just, I mean, seem like it. Uh, there's exactly. Only one other, there's only other so, one Panthers move that I think we should talk about. Um, again, they're linked with Anthony Duclair. That's not a surprise because he played in Columbus. There's still Hoffman, who I, I really don't think Hoffman's coming back. I think he goes to Nat. Nashville makes perfect sense for Mike Hoffman. They desperately need somebody who can make their power play, not garbage. Uh, so I think he's gone. Uh, but Dadinoff, if one of Dadinoff to Duclair comes to Florida, I wouldn't be shocked. I think that's something that's going to happen at some point, but I don't know when. Uh, the only other interesting note from Elliot Freeman and 31 Thoughts that's Panthers-related, and there's one other Panthers note I want to talk about briefly before we move on, is uh, Minnesota tried to get a second first-round selection but the Panthers said no, stuck to their guns, drafted Anton Lindell. I have no idea what a trade like that would have looked like. Maybe Matt Dumba would have been involved. I mean, would have been. I doubt they would have given up Kaprizov, but that would have been the only time I would have talked uh, to Minnesota in that regard. So, I mean, I'm glad Bill Zito stuck with his guns and drafted Lindell. As we said on the previous recording, he recorded two goals a day. We scored. Uh, we we recorded that show with Will, with Will. So, uh, yeah. Good, good move, good move, Bill. Sometimes don't overthink it is the correct answer. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that, that there's was... not much to say. I mean, I know there's a ton of people who's going to hear that and be like, the D needs fixing right now. I would have done that. And well, again, I, I just... don't, don't cut off your nose in spite of your face. Is Pretty also... much. There is one other player I thought about. Um, hmm. I'm looking at a team like Vancouver. You're not getting Elias Pettersson, obviously. But I'm looking at somebody like... Bo Horvat, maybe? I mean, like, they need cap space in their defense. No, I know they traded for I don't, 
Like, I'm just saying, like, these are just ideas. Yeah, but it's now now that would be too much of the same type of player of these, like, like we talked about with Will, like the earn it players, like the, you know, the scrappy Braden Shen, hard nose type. They have skill, but they, you know, they're just, I, you know, like, I think they need to inject some high end skill into their lineup. Now. I, think I think that they got looking for it. It's just hard to find. Yeah, obviously. but I think that's all they need. I think that's really all they need. They need to clear out money and inject in high end level players or let their high end prospects play. And unless they can get high end players in the lineup, that they shouldn't be looking to bring anybody in. They should just be like, all right, we have holes to fill. Let's fill it with our top end talent and, and see how it goes. So uh, that's basically the Panthers. I don't think there's anything much more to say about them uh, pending other moves and they're not happening as of this moment. No, no, they uh, should be so aggressive with RFAs and aggressive trying to stir trades. And, and like I said, Nugent Hopkins would be, would be a great one. I think that, uh, would be a real coup if they it could. It would be a great uh, coup if they could get it, but I think if backup plan Anthony Sorelli is not a terrible backup plan. A uh, couple of other things we want yeah. to get to on this free agency show. Um, well, they almost traded for Nate Schmidt. You wouldn't have liked that, but they ended up going to Vancouver. Um, now, I'll say this on Nate Schmidt briefly. He is in the Matheson Pesic School of Defensemen, and I'm glad the Panthers are getting away from that because they had too many of them. Now, Nate Schmidt is a better version of that kind of defenseman, no doubt about it, but I think that a Panthers team that tries to go for a more, you know, quote-unquote Columbus type of defenseman, you know, like more along the Jones-Wierenski as opposed to Nate Schmidt, probably would have been better, and I'm glad that the Panthers didn't end up making that trade. I mean, I'm not not disappointed that if they got him, I wouldn't have been mad, but it's not like I'm mad that they didn't get him. They need to stop jumping in the five million dollar contracts with D, who are three, four defenders. You know, like they that have term on it. I mean, like that that just would have been a a repeated mistake that I would have hoped Zito would have stopped when he came in. And so I'm, I'm made, happy he didn't make that move. Well, that or Nate Schmidt didn't make that move, or it never really was a move. I, I, I mean, we I have no idea really. I, I really don't know how that story happened because yeah. it got reported by one source, Andy Strickland. That tweet's still up, by the way, which is interesting. And then immediately it gets poo-pooed by two other reporters. So it, it seemed really strange from the onset. And now, I mean, I don't know what happened there. I guess maybe we'll find out one day or who knows. But yeah. Nate Schmidt is now a Canuck. Um the other moves I think we should talk about, I mean, Petrangelo to Vegas seemed really inevitable from the start, especially inevitable after Tory Krug went to so St. Louis. So inevitable that St. Louis has thought about filing a po- tampering charge. Yes. So don't know how that ends up playing out, but you are right. They are considering filing a tampering charge. Um, now, Vegas has needed that like top-end defenseman for a long, long time, even though some people think Shea Theodore is the best defenseman in the league. I mean, I, I can't tell you that a team that gives up Nate Schmidt to get Alex Petrangelo isn't better. Like, they have a better defense score now than they did, and they've got a really good goalie in Robin Leonard. I, I, I still think that they might be missing something at forward now. Not necessarily because they don't have Paul Stastny, but, like, there's just something in that forward group that seems missing. Maybe they get it with Cody Glass. We'll see. Um but I'm not surprised that he went to Vegas. It makes a ton of sense that he went to Vegas. Maybe they can also get rid of Alec Martinez, and that all looks a little bit better too, but we shall see. 
Vegas better be careful. If they were playing NHL 12, they would have lost one of their phones by now. Um, <laughs> like you, There's already audible groans from the players in Vegas about guys getting traded from their core or like from you know the support uh, uh, roles of the roster after signing a deal or having a long-term deal and thinking that they were going to be in Vegas for a while. Uh, they've had a lot of success, uh, and they've only been together for a short time, so it, they're upset it's getting blown up, that there's a lot of ins and outs, and that signing a deal and having the word of management or ownership or the team that you're part of what's going that, that's going to bring a cup to Vegas and then getting shipped out uh, – just to bring in some new fancy new shiny new toy uh the pattern of that is what's alarming not just doing it once it's doing it a few times that might be be because uh we always talk about ownership here on this program and we will continue to do that but bill foley is all in all (laughs) the time there is no such thing as rebuilding or retooling in vegas and at some point, that's going to bite you, as the Red Wings have found out, as the Blackhawks are finding out, as the Penguins will soon find out. It's very hard to do this forever, and that team in Vegas is really, really good. Now, maybe they get second season Peter DeBoer syndrome, who knows. But, I mean, at some point, you got to, you know, get, go with the guys that got you there, and there's a lot of moves that they've made. Now, I can't seem to say that Vegas shouldn't have made the cup final, because they should have, but... You know, I, I agree with you. Like, you can't – at some point, the ins and outs, you're always going to make your team better, but you got to start going with the core that got you there. Yeah. And at some point, like, I know Petrangelo is a guy you can't really turn down, but, I mean, is it Taylor Hall next summer? Who knows? We'll have to see. It doesn't mean that Vegas still isn't really good, and they are still very good. Um, yeah, I mean, but imagine – like you said, they it's it's flurry, it's Pacioretty has you know been in the rumor mill a lot. Uh, Marsha show was in the rumor mill oh, in this that summer. Home. I mean, like they're not that make you laugh. Players players are apparently it's not just one or two, but multiple players are not happy that for the last couple of summers their names have been in the rumor mill. That you know there is always that turnover. Because uh, they like being in Vegas and they like the people they play with. And, you know, they're having so like the level of success that they have cannot be overstated and it cannot be overstated how unique it is. So the reasoning behind making all of these moves doesn't seem to to jive. I mean, and it feels like they're getting their maybe they're flying a little too close to the sun. I was, I was about to say, like, it, it feels like they're starting to go the other way and they're starting to tinker too much. And what's missing is just the consistency. And the belief in the group. And the, yeah. Because so, that's, what, that's what won for Tampa and that's what won for Washington. And, and that's what and brought Louis. Vegas. And that's what brought Vegas the first year into the habit of being where they are now. So I don't understand why they turned a blind eye. I mean, I think I do understand with the owner, the over-involved owner part, but, yeah. You know. I, I think that that's, that was not a surprising free agent signing. What was, was Taylor Hall, of all places, to Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I do want to say, now, in hindsight, this move actually does make quite a bit more sense 
but it is very three for business yes. reasons. For, for business. business reasons, it makes a lot of sense because if you're Taylor Hall and you want to restock your value, one great way to do that is play with Jack Eichel. And yeah, in, in garbage eight. minutes. In garbage it, minutes playing for a team. Empty that is calorie so goals. Good. Empty calorie goals. Pumping up that salary well, because Taylor Hall doesn't want to win playoff games. He doesn't care. He's used to it by now. Well, That's my little might, song about Taylor Hall who complains well, he about being. Hear, let me clear my throat. I mean that's a great song. So I mean, why? Who? I just, hear I that? just don't understand how somebody can. I do understand this from the case of it's it, Stockholm it's syndrome. It's, it's Stockholm it, it, syndrome. How can he do this to himself? He well, could, like, I don't understand. Boston, like, I just would have went. Like, Colorado is offering him a contract for millions of dollars for a short term. He would have definitely reset his value, and he probably could have won a Stanley Cup doing it. I don't understand him. If he wants to win series in the playoffs, go to Colorado. Go to a couple of the other teams that definitely offered him contracts. Nashville? Although maybe yeah. not Nashville because John Well, Hines. I mean, like, you can at least win playoff series. And they Correct. and all you have – and you could have taken a one-year deal. I, it makes Boston no sense. The teams that made the most sense to me for Taylor Hall. And Columbus, too. Columbus is another place I thought. Is Columbus setting up for that? It looked I don't like think, they were. I don't think Columbus. I think they checked in, but well, I don't I think, think they, they went he, for it. They needed to have a number one center under contract, ready to go, like a top flight center. Boston so has that? Colorado has that. Like, I yeah. mean, like, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't they know. Did offer him Taylor less Hall money. to me is just one of these guys now who I won't be able to shake, but is just driven by money more than winning. And at that point, which I can't blame him. I saw what at, happened to Dak Prescott. So I mean, at, 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 yeah, but we're talking. I mean, he would have got five, six million in Colorado. This is true. So I mean, like five, six million in Colorado is that you're living in a much better place. You don't have to live in Buffalo. Oh, uh, you know, you're playing Buffalo with a better man. center or you're pay, uh, well, playing on a better right. team You and you have a chance for the cup. I mean, I just – he's it, – it, I, I, it's hard for me to look at him the same and not look at him as just another winger, just another top six winger, you know, but he's not a MVP type player anymore to me. And I know people are going to say that's stupid, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I just – any player that happens to just sours when they constantly make decisions over and over again to to shoot themselves I mean, in the foot. I eventually, mean, eventually, if this is the case, he's going on, he'll end up in Florida. Anyway, I do want to say <laughs> why I think this I, – I do, I do want to say why I can understand why this makes sense. Firstly, and I didn't even think about it, there is the Ralph Kruger connection. He really did like playing for Ralph Kruger in Edmonton. So I, I can see that. I mean, he's going to get a lot of stuff playing with, with Jack Eichel. Now, again, the Sabres are going to still be bad. They don't have centers, and they don't have defensemen, and they don't have goaltending. That is a problem. But if you're Taylor Hall, also, he has a no-move, no-trade. He can dictate to where he wants to go at the trade deadline. I mean, start up the Taylor Hall speculation at the 2021 trade you, deadline, because that's going to happen. He should have so, just pumped in a two-year contract with the Avs and then signed with Buffalo and rode, rode, off, rode off into the sunset with Ralph Kruger when they were a lot better, when they 
when Uka Pekka is their goalie and, you know, their defense is a little more settled and Darlene's more mature and, and all that stuff. And I will say the Sabres will be fun to watch next year. They'll be a great fun to watch because every game's going to end eight, six. That's also the same case with the Rangers. Um, so that was, I mean, on Sunday night when that happened, I think the, the look on, on, on the timeline was just what, like when Elliot Friedman tweeted it out, everybody's like, um, is this a fake account? Like, we were all legit, like, wondering if we were duped. But, I mean, it makes sense once you go through the gymnastics and the 3D chess, but it takes a lot to think about that yeah. now. I mean, his, his thing, options must have been... Much I mean, more limited than we thought. But, oof. I think I so. Mean, to yeah. me, I mean, maybe it's just because I... I don't know. I... I if my if my game plan was short term and wait for the market to be in a better place and 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 escrow to be down and all this different stuff, he's young enough. I I would have looked at if one of the top five teams in the NHL was offering me a contract, I just would have signed there. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. So let's talk about um, the Avalanche, who I don't think really missed a lot because they traded for Brandon Saad and got rid of Nikita Zadorov, who is bad. Whoa, whoa, also... whoa. No, 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 no. Well, okay. Zadorov is good. He People just – he plays a certain – he's a utility defenseman in these day and well, age. Well, and well I'll you... say this. Play a certain way. Nikita Zadorov, probably not the best idea. He, he worked in Colorado because of the way they played. His skill works. He was able to be a little wild and and skate all over the ice. That kind of fit into their play style, and they had guys covering for him, and they had good players covering for him. So it worked out. He he breaks up a lot of plays. He's good in front of his net. He's not bad with the puck. Uh, you know, he can put up enough offense, and I think he's a good third pair defenseman who can swing and play step up in the lineup with injuries and stuff. And when he's, and he has the ability to catch fire, to get some momentum to like really when he's hitting a lot, he really steps up and can get some goals and assists and kind of play, kind of pumps himself up that way. And I mean, to me, that's a much better Racco Gudis. If we're talking Racco, you know Racco Gudis at two and a half million, or I would have that, rather. That's fair enough, him. but I still wouldn't have traded Brandon Sod for that. No, 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 of course not. And and I don't want to, you know, I I was thinking what Devin. First of all, I think what Colorado paid for Devin Taves was a little bit on the cheap end. I would have thought that Zadorov would have went for like a second and maybe so you're like telling a, me if it was Taves for Saad, which would have sounded odd. I, I, I would have thought like a Zadorov for Taves trade made sense. Okay. Well, like if you, if we swapped out like, like Zadorov for two seconds and Saad for Devon Taves, that might've looked a little bit better than Saad for Zadorov and Devon yeah, Taves for two seconds. Yeah, for sure. Because I think Taves is more coming up on his, uh, you know, I think his best days are ahead of him. I think Zadorov is in the middle of his best days or, you know, kind of Peter, you know, I think especially with the team like Chicago, who's very undisciplined and they play wild, they play play wild, but it's not by structure or by plan. So that back layer of support behind Zadorov is not going to be there. Correct. Um, and and so, also, I mean, I don't know what they're planning on doing in goal, Chicago, but uh, what they're doing in goal but, right now is a disaster. So. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, they're 
there's so many good defensemen and there's there's good enough defensemen out there that and there's different defensive core needs that there's some guys in the league that on a team are is a very ve- useful NHL defender, but on another team look like they should be in the AHL or ECHL. And that will be Zadorov in Chicago for sure. <laughs> Um, yes, and, and, and uh, oh, the Florida Panthers defenseman most years. And that is also correct. But also, I mean, Colorado, I mean, they didn't get Petrangelo and they didn't get uh, Taylor Hall. But to get Brandon Sod and Devon Taves is not a bad consolation prize. Right. The Avs are going that's to win what the they Stanley do. Cup. That's what Joe Sackick does really well. Uh, you know, sometimes he takes some swings. Also, I, I mean, let's think about it. Andre Burakovsky, Donskoy, Valerie Nachushkin, they just get players that are yeah. really good at the they, low ebb of their value, and then they make them amazing. So, they, I mean, they weren't it, it able is... to bring back Nemestikov, but again, they were able to re up Nachushkin, Burakovsky, you know. That, and they got that... Brandon Sod. And they got so, Brandon Sod. And which is- what what I think Joe Sakic does really well, and what makes him one of the better GMs in the league, is he recovers when he, the first plan doesn't go through. I mean, not most teams don't get Petrangelo and Hall. Get they a lot of teams have plans to go out and get the top free agents. They don't get them. So what do they do? Last year, all those guys we were talking about, Burakovsky, Dunskoy, Nachuskin, they those were all the free agent guys they got last year when their initial plans didn't go through. This year, they re-signed those guys. They went out, got Saad, they got Taves, and they're going to sign Taves. And I, I don't think they're done. I think that they still have money to burn, and Sakic is that competitive. I think he's going to look to... Definitely influence. Would you be surprised if they got Anthony Sorelli? No, I wouldn't be surprised if they took on Tyler Johnson. I wouldn't be surprised if they did a lot of things that stretch to the boundaries of your imagination because I think that they're looking for anything to put them over the hump and they're willing to try anything and they have such a good thing going well, on. They, also they have the know cap room, their, they have the flexibility, the assets is, to do it. You know, this is this is like what Tampa had last year. This is the year for the light for the like last year was for the Lightning. This is the year for Colorado. Like cuz they got to re-sign Landis Cog next offseason. He's the UFA and they have to re-sign Kale McCarr who is going to require a gigantic ticket. So, if you're an Avalanche fan, start rooting for a coronavirus vaccine so people can get in the building and the cap can go up. That's important. Uh, but I, I, if you're talking to me right now, and is the picture still incomplete, your cup favorite is 100% the Colorado Avalanche. It's not even close. It just, it's just like they, they, and if they were healthy against the Stars, they would have beaten them. So I, I, I think it's still there's still the big four, in my opinion, of Vegas, Colorado, Tampa, and until they die, Pittsburgh. Uh, well, um, I think I think moving uh, well, out Murray. Well, they have Mike Matheson now, so maybe they're dying sooner well, than we think. If any, well, if any team's going to get him to go back to to get put the pieces back together, it's going to be Pittsburgh. I, I think that they can just always make it work and get out of the be a threat in the Eastern Conference. I think Boston's the same way. Uh, and I think they, between they, got the, they have problems though with the the recoveries from injuries for key players um, and. I don't. I don't count them out. And the I'm Washington, not, I'm not counting out either. Washington with Laviolette, I think is is formidable as well. So there's. A, I think that there's. 
uh, th- uh, that similar group of you know the four or five top NHL teams, mm-hmm. uh, and but I my horse right now is is Colorado because I think, I think it's everyone's horse. Yeah, they're just you want to root for them. I I like to say oh they are the most likable. They are the most likable, really good team that the league has had in a while. Like there are reasons why you didn't want to like Washington or St. Louis or the Penguins, obviously, or the Blackhawks. But the Avs, I think, like kind of like Tampa, everybody wants them to win. Because everybody wants the league to look like Colorado and Tampa. But uh, other couple of free agency moves we should talk about. Uh, the Flyers signed Eric Gustafson, one year, three mil, um, after they lost Niskin into retirement. Um, I don't think you mind that because, again, it's a flyer for the Flyers. Uh, he could be an offensive defenseman. Um, I don't think you mind that move at all. No, I mean it's the one year part is the bigger thing and why it's a three million cap hit. I think. Uh, I kept thinking that, but they were, he they he had plays. In mind. What I like about Gustafson is he plays both sides, and it kind of points to I think that they are still very much trying to move out, go to spare if they have the taker, uh, and if so, you do need somebody to kind of backfill some of those minutes. And Gustafson is somebody that during the, you know, that second half of the year can backfill those minutes um, or pick up the minutes that Myers and Sandheim usually pick up when they step up and take some of the PP one minutes or, or something like that. So I think it's kind of just a preemptive backfill why they went the offensive bent. Uh, and I think it's, you know, low risk enough. Um, a lot of teams probably couldn't take that 3 million, but for Comcast, they don't care about burning money. So well, that's correct. Um, I think that was a funny. Some of the other moves, I think uh, the goaltending, the the goal, the summer of goaltending, the Panthers didn't participate. Thank the Lord after all that we've dealt with with goaltending. Um, Braden Holtby to Vancouver, Markstrom to Calgary. Um, of course, uh, Corey Crawford to New Jersey. That was pretty funny. Uh, any of those stand out to you? Well, I mean, it, it comes down to Markstrom six by six or Bobrovsky at uh, ten times seven. What would you rather have? Uh, it is it is a very difficult call because in Florida, Rob Tallis would still be coaching Jacob Markstrom. I mean, the problem is Rob Tallis is still coaching whoever would be your pick. Uh, yeah. Now that I don't needs think to that Markstrom, change, Billy Z. That needs I, to change. I don't think that I like that Markstrom contract because it, it means that the Flames can, you know, be put over the top. Like that's the move Edmonton should have made. Like the Oilers going back with Koskinen and Mike Smith next year is hilarious. It is absolutely it's, hilarious. It's they are why I'm saying lose. call them about R and H, man. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But like. Like. If there's it any is, reason is, why that they're still they're not winning, they, they can't win next year with that goaltending. It's pathetic. They can't do it. Like I, I would be interested in the Oilers if you're like trading for maybe Darcy Kemper because the Coyotes are still gonna have to move some folks. But you can't win with that goaltending. Like that's just not acceptable. Um, Brain Holtby to Vancouver is interesting. He can mention Thatcher Demko and the Canucks could not go six over six with Pedersen up and Quinn Hughes up. So that's probably the right move for Vancouver to let him walk. Um, I think Demko's still going to be pretty good, and hope he's a good um, mentor for that. Uh, I, I enjoy that move. I think that's a good move for the Canucks, also trading for Nate Schmidt. Like, they're not going to be great. Like, they're not going to be as good as they were a year ago because they had to let some good pieces walk because of their um, 
inability to not sign uh, Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel and Michael Furland to long contracts. Jim Benning, put your phone down on July 1st, please. Your team is better if you do that. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist to Washington's is going to be hilariously fun, and part of me for the Schadenfreude hopes that the Capitals win the Cup for that. Um, they also went out and signed uh, Justin Schultz, which was mildly amusing, as well as Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Those were interesting moves, uh, but they don't have Kempney for a long time, so that'll be interesting. Hen uh, Lundqvist and Ilya Samsonov at your goaltending position next year for the Capitals under um, LaViolette. They, they got one more kick at the can. I know you said that they do. I, I mean, yeah. Until Ovechkin d decides that he's old, uh, for sure. I mean, decides that he's old. Yes. They, they still. I mean, they're still going for it. They have enough top end players. I mean, Oshie looks like he's still playing at, at a high enough level. Backstrom looks like when healthy, he's still playing at a high enough level. Uh, you know, I I do think that the East is still wide open, open enough that yeah, like correct. the series momentum plays a such a big part in the east that a team like washington still has a chance when you have such an emotional uh top end player like ovechkin that uh if the tide turns their way and they get going and they have a goaltender uh which now they have two goalies who can step up in big moments uh they should be fine uh i think you know under normal circumstances uh, you, you'd probably see a little more bidding uh, for a goalie like Lundqvist, but I think what happened was Lundqvist was allowed to, you know, before they officially papered the buyout, was allowed to go around and kind of feel out what teams wanted to do with him and, and what his contract would look like and all this stuff. Um, and that's the best place kind of call him, his shot. Right. So that was a great I know, place for him to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in an alternate reality had Florida knock up Bobrovsky, I think Florida could have made a really interesting, you know, it, obviously Florida was more competitive too. Uh, Florida could have made a case of, Hey, come be a goalie, take the, you know, the majority of the game, uh, this year and next year and then Spencer Knight, Uh, but you know, that's. I think he could have also been a good backup goalie in Philadelphia with with Hart. Uh, but I also understand why Philadelphia's kept Brian Elliott because Hart really likes Brian Elliott. He's cheap. It's the devil, you know. Um, I I think that this so offseason has proven a lot of you know dance with the devil, you know, makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, a couple of other things I think we should get at um before we wrap up this show. Uh. Did we laugh at the Senators enough for uh, training for uh, Erica Branson and Josh Brown? I think we should do more of that. Because that's hilarious. Just utterly hilarious. Thomas Shabbat is one of the is great young defensemen. They've got Brandstrom and some other really interesting young defensemen that they're bringing in, and yet you trade for Erica Branson and Josh Brown. Why are you doing that? I mean, we know why. They want... I mean, yes, we do know why. But they're I mean... hoping that once they're allowed to have fans back in the arena, guys like Josh Brown and Erica Branson get people to buy tickets to show up and watch hockey because something will happen even though the Senators will lose. Uh, and I think that's what they're, they're going. They're At some point, the roster construction, if you look, you know, Will was talking about this on the draft podcast that we 
we did yesterday about how there's they, they drafted a lot of bigger, older, heavier guys who project to play in the AHL and NHL sooner. Uh, and he was saying that's probably part of the financial constraints of the team and, you know, part of their strategy. And I think, you know, that you're seeing that in their trades and stuff too. They want a certain brand uh, and they want certain guys. They want to have bad guys take up a lot of cap space who fight and bring excitement when they're losing. And they want, you know, to fill their high-end talent with a lot of prospects who can protect them or and do the other and play in the pro leagues with them at in their age group at that same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, we'll see if it works out for them. They definitely have enough picks that they can kind of do that high-end talent strategy and that well, I mean, they side. Have the, they have to draft the high-end oh. talent, though. I mean, they have. I mean, in the last couple of years, that they they've been one of the higher end ranked prospect systems. And that uh, might be by volume and, at this point, though. Yeah, but they have some higher end guys like Drake Batherson, and you know, um, I, I mean, we we we've sense. seen Thomas Shabbat. We've seen some of these guys already matriculate. Uh, I mean, I'm not the biggest Senators fan, so I'm gonna have to cap friendly this. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, but, but I still, it's it's still fun to laugh at the Senators. A couple of other things I think we should uh, mention uh, before we head out. Josh uh, Mark, Morris, that's a good one. Yeah, how about how about how about Mark Pesek going to Dallas? Just no more Mark, no more hybrid stuff with with the Panthers. I'm, I'm quite pleased was, with that. I was uh, tired of it, but you know the, I'll say this: Mark Pesek's ability, that hybrid ability, the ability as he said, his big quotes uh, when talking to Dallas media was, whatever I need to do to stay in the lineup and help this team win, I'm going to be able to do. That's the difference between him making a couple, like a million dollars a year or like $800,000 a year versus being one of the better AHL guys and making $350,000 a year. Uh, and good on him because he deserves the extra money for, you know, finding the ability to stick it out where, I mean, I gotta you know, the other guys don't. I, I mean, that's the difference between an everyday in-betweener and the guys that stay NHLers their whole careers. Uh, Mark Pesek has, has created a niche for himself, a very, very crazy cool niche for himself. So good for, good for him. Uh, a couple of, I think, um, Dominic Toninato is in Winnipeg. That was mildly amusing. Dryden Hunt ended up in Arizona. Also mildly amusing. Still haven't seen if Eric Hall is going anywhere. We we saw that Lucas Walmart went to uh, Chicago on a cheap deal. Um, are there any other free agent moves that you wanted to talk about? I, I'm trying to think if there's any others that I found particularly amusing. Montreal did some interesting stuff. They ended up going out and getting Tyler Toffoli, and that might cost them Brendan Gallagher because they gave Josh Anderson seven years for reasons known only to them. Still have great centers, though. Still need more of that. And they also, of course, traded for Joel Edmondson, which was weird. Just been happy with the Flyers' patience. Um, and uh, I think, you know, Toffoli, like you just mentioned, would have been a good one for the Flyers. Uh, I kept but, thinking the Flyers are keeping that cap space for something. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be – it's going to be – they've been really linked to line A, and I think if they're – I think that's what they're looking for. So they maybe sign like a Hoffman, make it – make a big splash for a line a or sign like a, you know, a lower end Hoffman New player. Um, I don't Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't, you know, just, they, they definitely need some goals on the wings right now. Um, and that's really all they need. 
ex- especially after the Gustafson signing. I think they're pretty set. Uh, and, you know, their depth is those prospects coming up. They have a lot of them that are in their, you know, 22, 23 and ready to take this step and get pro games. So uh, I don't think they'll be looking for depth or anything like that. I did, I did want to mention one other thing Florida-related that I completely forgot about. Um, and also a couple, another point that I want to mention about Bill's, uh, about what's the, happening with the, uh, the Golden Knights. Um, the, there, there was a, a piece in The Athletic written by Craig Custance, the, the anonymous executives, I hate pieces like this, but it, <laughs> it, it sells, uh, when they talked about Florida, hey, you should trade Barkov. Why? He's got two years left on his contract. Why aren't you trading Barkov? Because why would you trade for him in this summer, A? B, if you traded Barkov, the entire fan base would have revolted and the building would have been empty, COVID or not. And, and, and three, if you trade Barkov, you're not getting fair value back from him and it's going to take you years to find another. So, hilarious. Like, that's like the only thing Bill Zito said he wasn't going to do. And then the executives are like, hey, I should trade him. Yeah, because you're because you're gonna get him in a trade anyway. It was ridiculous. That, that yeah. was really stupid. That was hilarious. And also a comment that I've just seen from um, the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights owner Bill Foley uh, on Vancouver in training Nate Schmidt. I think they're gonna be playing a Canadian division. I don't think they're gonna be crossing the border. Who knows if we are even going to play? If we aren't playing in front of France, a lot of teams can't make it. We'll see what that looks like. I think the NHL is going to be hell-bent to play, but we'll see. I think there will be fans, some amount of fans come January or February, but who knows. I just found that interesting because, you know, the Canadian division thing, which is a thing that I also think could end up happening. So, uh, anyway, if that's it, uh, we will uh, I just back. Like, what? Like, you would need to give me a first-line center prospect, a top-pair defense of prospect like two a prospects an a center prospect an a d prospect and another first and probably an nhl player on top of it and then i'd at least be trying to get like another team to offer me the same package and then get a bidding world war from there just to even think about like i i don't understand like why people would even think like i just don't get it well, the Barkov, yeah, I don't understand it either. It's, it was never going to happen, and it made no sense. And especially yeah. the I mean, like, offseason makes you no would, sense. You would start with Huberto first. And, and and even that seems really highly unlikely at this yeah. point. So, anyway. But, I mean, I think I think Florida could make it. I, I mean, if they could not piss off Barkov by trading Huberto, and they could get a good haul, for Huberto, get like that defenseman they need, that top pair defenseman, and some some valuable pieces like that type of Paul. I don't, I don't know if they wouldn't be better. Now, I mean, this is not this year. This is when Huberto's two years out, which would be next next off season. Yes, but that would you know. I, I still don't think it's likely, but it it is it is more likely than Barkov. It is it is way more likely than Barkov. That is correct. And Barkov is not going anywhere. That's the only thing Bill Zito said he would do. That's why I said that. That's why I found that piece. Yeah, Barkov. Yeah, Zito's making that way. Zito's way more comfortable making that um, trade in his second year, second off season, rather than his first off season. Anyway, you know, it for just so many reasons, it rather it'd be Huberto over Barkov. If it happens at all. And anyway, yeah, I think that's just about I think that's just about it again. If you want to go back and listen to our draft show with Will Scouch, 
please go do that. What a wonderful show it was. And that show will be uh, uh, pretty evergreen for a while. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what comes in the future for the show while we're in this weird kind of twisted off season. I don't think we'll be... We'll, we'll find out. I, they, we'll have more shows. I don't know what they'll look like, but we'll, we'll have some ideas coming in the future. I can promise you that. Breaking but, oh, news. What's this? Dexter is returning for a 10-episode limited series. On oh, boy. Oh, boy. Free agency you know madness. Do you know what? Do you know what? You know what show's debuting on Sunday that I'm I'm really interested in? Supermarket Sweep, hosted by Leslie <laughs> Jones. I'm really yeah. intrigued by this show because, I mean, it's on all the time. Supermarket Sweep was a fun show. It's got a great, uh, I mean, the big sweep. There's nothing like it in game shows. And Leslie Jones is incredibly fun, obviously. If you don't watch her in the Ghostbusters remake, which was a terrible movie. Uh, but in everything else, she's very fun, and I can't wait to watch that. I'm really, really excited for that particular thing. And I've also watched recently, I don't know how much of a game show geek you are, I've also watched the uh, the Weakest Link revival, hosted by Jane Lynch. You a fan of uh, the Weakest Link, Tommy? Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen the original, or I guess the American original. It was uh, the same as the British original, yeah. I can tell you. Um, I yeah. like that show. That, that show's got some problems, but I'm willing to give it a chance because I know that um, the longer it goes, uh, the more chance they have of, of fixing some of the things that are wrong with it. So good, good, good time to be a game show fan as I am. Uh, supermarket sweep. Good Lord. That's going to be fun. And uh, yeah, anything else? I think that's just about it. No, I mean... There's I think just, we covered everything. Yeah, yeah, I think we covered more than enough. Uh, you know, I think Zito has the potential to do some more stuff in Florida, and I think it's just going to take some time. I think he needs to work free a center. He needs to work. He needs to wait for the winger market to clear out before he brings back Dadnoff or signs a Duclair. And I think once that should all happen we should be good on the other hand if we go into the season without a 2c it's going to be really hard to see us making a playoffs but then again hey maybe wenberg puts up 70 points and... again we're talking about a legitimate like model looking hot guy it would, i would i'm I giving would him feel, faith. faith i would feel better about like my concern is how much of a culture change can you get with the Andal still there without overdoing it on the D end or having a lot more talent than you did last year. Um, I mean, I guess you're just hoping that it's Bobrovsky is that is, other... is the regression is the regression candidate but... now that Mike Matheson's not playing in front of him. Cause maybe Joel Quenville sees that he can coach the team a different way now that he doesn't have to, you know, trot Mike Matheson out. Which you know what maybe that happens, but again, we'll I, be I am a believer in Alexander Wedberg because good lord, that man is so incredibly good looking. Jesus, insane a man. That I mean, he's got this. He's hot. got the skills. He's had. He's had a season of forty some assists. I mean, like that's not nothing. You, you better know, believe a, I'm rooting my ass off for him. Like it, it's possible that we've found a pretty solid three center. Uh, for for a while, third line center, a guy who can step up and play second line center if needed, or uh, you know, on the wing and move around. Uh, I mean, it, what he needs to do is 
score a little more and be stay through the center of the ice a little more and stay uh, as hot as humanly possible please not lose any more teeth because he's got the right teeth to mouth ratio uh yes yes i mean or even if he got a tooth implant he i mean it would make him look even <laughs> better which I, don't, I don't know i don't know i don't know he, anyway oh, I, gum grasp yeah i know anyway I don't know. We could, yeah. Uh, anyway, I think the show's gone off the rails. Uh, next time, yeah. hopefully, that means it's a good one. Has a second line center. We'll we'll see. Thank you very much. Enjoy Jeff Carter, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Anthony Sorelli. Enjoy the scouting show, by the way. Please stay. Yeah, stay yeah. Please listen to that. I hope you stopped this episode and went back and listened to it all. I hope you already have. <laughs>